Jacks. Lucy Jack, third of the top of the Sydney. Us, phony Beatlemania has bitten the dust. London Darling, see, we ain't got no swing. And the tissue just cruised into it. A tissue into the front. And more sequence getting chased. They get the favourite. A tissue race two lengths clear from more sequence second. Oh, anyone's guess for third, but a tissue. She's ripping away here in the hands of Nashville. Well, what are we doing? And now on PG Podcast Network, it's time for the year-round carnival with Vince Accardi and your host, Racetrack Rolfie. G'day, thanks so much for checking out Year Round Carnival Tuesday today with a little bit of Easter Bunny uh, RDO on the Monday, but what stunning racing it was with London calling the clash, Darren Flindell's uh, fantastic calling, and that man William Haggis dominating the day again with his champion, I think we can call him a champion, Dubai Honor, last one to Cardiff, we can call him a champion, good morning mate. Ralphie, good morning, oh. <laughs> ah, what a weekend. Hey, this guy goes alright, doesn't he, William Haggis, knows how to target Australia. Goes all right. Jeez, he's, he just shows everybody up that he's just too good. <laughs> well, too good in the sense that he knows how to get them ready and keep them firing, and the horse's performance was pretty slick. I mean, it was the, – the, the sad thing was it was below the, the start before, and – but it was still too good. Certainly was. All right. Well, firstly, before we jump into that race and the other main features, how did Ramwick actually play? I thought it was a little bit sad in some aspects. I mean, excluding race one, which was minus 31. I mean, they're youngsters, right? Yeah. Mile. We, we can have that high expectation. They dead set went hurdle speed, like between minus 20 and minus 25 first section. So have to allow for a little bit of that. Race two, they were minus 13.3 in the Raws. Race three was minus 15. Race four was minus 15. Race five, minus 12, Ralphie. But then we had the 2,400-metre race and the 3,200 metres. They were 18 in the high 18s. The Dubai Honor race was minus 23. And then we ended up with the end of the day, minus 12. So we could genuinely say we we're on the cusp between S7, H8. That yep. was the range all day. So I don't really feel the track improved, even though the last race gave some indication the track may have been a length or two lengths better. That's possible, but I, I feel that's probably undermining the winner's performance because when I look at the rest of the horses and where they sort of petered out, that was sort of more in line of what the day was around that minus 15, 16 range. What's noticeable in your in your IVR report here is that none of the leaders won, and but only one really tested the lane. So is that just a, a, an indication that it's just so sapping and perhaps uh, – I did get an email from, from one of our uh, – uh, uh, our customers who's a part owner of a horse just said that the feedback was that it was pucky and that just saps the strength for the on paces maybe. True. Uh, the heavy tracks, it does uh, burn a lot, Ralphie. The reality was this, that 
outside of one race, all the horses were really in the lanes. But they just didn't have the power to uh, hold on. And yep. this is all ground conditions. We've probably got to look at the isolated runners. Where were they in their fitness? And But if you could get into those lanes, 10, 11, 12, you were getting the maximum advantage. I felt the horse, Explosive Jack, who was outside the lanes, was probably uh, – that win was probably better than – than what it should have been because this that horse wasn't getting any advantage out there. Right. Well, that's what that, that's what I find interesting. So it, my automatic assumption was, well, he got out super wide, but you're actually saying that there was no real benefit out there. No, because you've okay. got to generally get out to around lane 22, 23, 24 to get the bias again. Okay. Well, let's start with the uh, with Dubai Honor, the Queen Elizabeth. Uh, yes. This is what we rode in, in Sizzlers, and obviously we spoke about it extensively on the preview podcast. 5.9 lengths above benchmark, ranked best of the day, and of course in your race speed profiles via daily sectionals. Um, first local run, what an outstanding performance, immediately putting him at top of the tree in Australian racing over the past 12 months, this distance range. Minus 11.5 at the 800 when stalking the soft tempo lead, plus 5.1 the mid-race, met a huge 16.6 length squeeze. He was able to further increase his speed and remark Close going 6.9 last 400, 4.4 last 200. The context of that late speed at the end of 2000 meters, fifth best last 200. The 10 race uh, golden slipper day. He's the new rock star. Bring on Animo. <laughs> he delivered. He did deliver. I mean, from that perspective, you couldn't have uh, expected any more. The performance was just, it was, well, the race shape, no doubt, played a big role. They're going 22 and a half lengths below standard, Ralphie. So this is the lead pretty, speed. Yeah, this is the lead speed. It's pretty soft. Of course, that does mean the closer you are to the lead speed, the bigger your advantage. And so do do by honour was you know tagging it around five lengths, which is a it's, it's a decent sort of break on on the lead pack. But the reality was that mid race move was fantastic. It was almost 30 length squeeze. Ralphie was huge, and. There was only one of two horses that actually broke benchmark over the last 200 metres, and that probably really assessed the quality of the horse. It was fantastic. I'm pretty sure it was the only was he the only horse to have broken benchmark between the 400 and 200 on the day. It's uh, pretty a, much a, yes. Yep. So that's that's his third of four best yep. last 600 of the day at the end of 2000. So 5.3. So he's 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 technically regressed from an overall figure, yep. but. I suppose there's only so big a figure you can post if you're going so slowly early. That's that's one of the key. And I've made huge adjustments for that, Ralphie. But still, the reality is, obviously, if they'd have gone even two or three lengths faster in, in that first section, there's no doubt that performance would have uh, been higher. I mean, how much higher? I mean, I... I sort of jokingly said, oh, you know, maybe the horse is going to go plus 10, right? Yeah. I don't know if we're going to see that sort of figure, but the way the horse performed, I, mean, I don't know where it's going around the world, but that could quite end up being that horse. And I, do you, will this horse come back to Australia? Uh, oh, no, they've already said, yeah, they want to target this race again next year. Why wouldn't they? Because they race for, for uh, three buttons and a straw hat over in England when it comes to gilding. So, oh, here, so that, the money. Okay, so they wouldn't be going like a, uh, a um, Cox Plate or anything like that. Uh, well, I doubt it uh, okay. because you know, but but they're saying that gold to to have a look at the mile in in Hong Kong. Uh, one of our right. uh, one of our members, uh, Scott, has asked. You know, would would you have a rough uh, idea where we'd line up with Golden Sixty? Well, it's like this: the horse is probably two and a half lengths off that, but it's a tr- it's an upward trending runner. Yes, I mean, 
I know I was like a, a big leap in the air that maybe there's a 10 there. There's still nothing to suggest there won't be. Right. So your view on Saturday morning, and you can listen to our preview podcast. We always put them up unedited uh, on, uh, on, on this platform, so uh, on the Monday, so oh, Tuesday in this case. So you, your view was you were happy if he exploded, so be it, but you were happy just take a position – Keep Adamo place on side heavily, and I yep. think I saw a dollar forty was around That's the right. place. Yep, there was. Um, and 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 you'd be you were fine with that because you couldn't see Animo missing one of the slots. But the reality was Animo did regress. What have you thought about that in hindsight? Yeah, um, well, the first thing that I thought of when Mahunga ran second, I said, "Oh, they haven't done any real numbers because I know that horse. That horse, you know, at the top of its game, sort of high twos. Yep. Maybe there's a three. And so I just said that was my first, you know, instinct. Of course, I was only guessing. But once I went through and did the work, uh, there it is, 2.8 in line with <laughs> probably what I was thinking straight after the race. I felt Animo gave up, Ralphie. Yeah. That was that was my view. That I really and truly felt that it gave up. Now, is it? at all possible that if you have to do just a couple of lengths more work that you're going to be penalised at the end? I'd say absolutely not. That runner, the way McDonald rode the horse, realistically, it should have pressed for a PB or at least run right up to its previous start and made it a real contest. But no, it just it didn't. That, that was the reality. And then when you look at the numbers... Uh, you know, I can't really complain in the sense that the horse actually improved between the four and the two and the 200, even though it was only 0.2 of a length. But overall, the the runner did drop off by um, almost four lengths, Ralphie. So Ben's asked one of our members, question on Animo versus Moanga. What's the difference in performance Saturday? Was Moanga up and Animo down or both? Or did Moanga just run a good race? So really what you're saying is Moanga's run to his best and yep. his best shouldn't be as good as Animo's best. No, and 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 the reality is that's exactly what's what's played out. Exactly that. And is that right, Ralph? Is the horse retired? Is it? Well, it, it's run its last Australian race, and the intention was to take him uh, to uh, to England for the Queen Anne over the mile at Royal Ascot. But right. uh, even now, that's in jeopardy. And one of the things I was going to ask you, Vince, I, I was just mucking around with these figures yesterday. I ended up doing a little newsletter about this because it was bugging me. Uh, he had. When we look back just with complete hindsight clarity now, he could peak three times in a prep, yep. and then he fell off the cliff whenever they went a fourth time. Yep. Uh, so this was in the Queen Elizabeth last year. Uh, you know, at the end of the spring, he was pretty plain when he was unplaced. He also was terrible in last year's Queen Elizabeth. So, And and then I probably reflected, well, there's probably no coincidence that Chris Waller kept winks to four runs most campaigns because yep. there's only so much a good horse can do, and that probably matches what you're saying, that in the end, he just said, no, nah, I'm not going to go any further. further. Yeah. No, it's, it's interesting that you say that, Ralph, because I'm, I'm now looking at that last campaign. That, uh, there, what is it? Yeah, I'm just – yeah, I can see that very last run. It went from second last was 5.1 down to 1.5, and this time 4.8 down to – 2.8 so there's an argument to say it's a little bit better but down yeah for sure um, yeah it, it's it's in, you know when you look at all the profiling of the horse there was nothing in the numbers to indicate at all that this horse was going to regress downwards just nothing now maybe was it the shorter break Ralphie 
Could that this, have something to do with it? Too. So, so with the shorter break, two trials. Yeah. So he was very forward. So, so, and I'm, I am talking in hindsight because, of course, we we always want to keep learning our craft. So, first up to me, it's it's effectively was what he would normally do second up. Yep. Correct. Yeah. So absolutely. <laughs> That you know takes nothing away from the horse. I mean, I say like he gave up, but that could also mean he's done for the campaign, right? Yes, because he's never shown that he's a horse that gives up in any other races that we've ever seen. And you know, if they go overseas and they're looking at races over a mile, and they prepare it right campaign wise, well, why wouldn't this horse turn up and run big? Daniel's asked Unicorn Lion, "What's his overseas IVR profile on dry tracks? <laughs> so, what would he have done on a faster tempo, and how different would the ratio be?" We are just, of course, spitballing, but how much different did that track condition change the complexity of the race? Well, it definitely changed the complexity for this horse big time, right? I mean, yep. minus twenty-two. I mean, this horse is a typically uh, plus eight to twelve horse first section. So it's a very fast horse and it's got high sustained speed. And the reality is I have no doubt it would have been a very different race had the track been dry. And I felt this horse done probably fantastic to go plus 1.5 because this horse was going to be like a, you know, a very big negative on a wet ground. Uh, which would prove the case as he tapered for 50. The only other horse I'll, I suppose I should ask you about is Montefilia. Effectively under that race shape, after 200 metres, uh, you look at the numbers here and uh, they, they, they wasted their time moving Gag around. Yeah, they, didn't they ever? They absolutely wasted their time going around and the horse ran nowhere near the numbers. But have they got another race in mind, Ralphie? Well, I mean, this is the type where it and maybe even Zarek, who both squeeze 30 lengths, if they go to the Doombin Cup over 2,000-odd metres in uh, it, it, uh, up, up Queensland way, um, you know, it's going to be dangerous. Absolutely. You don't want to be ignoring that. <laughs> no doubt. All right, well, let's have a look at a couple of the other uh, feature races there, the uh, the Oaks. Uh, this is what we said about Penny Wecker on our Friday preview. As you can see on the scoreboard, I've tried to be kind. And there it is, 0.8 yep. below. That's that's where we're at with this horse. The easy win over 2,400, that's probably what makes it the horse look somewhat exciting. But that was a like a minus three and a half performance, Ralphie, right? But, you know, I'm not taking anything away from it. I do feel this horse has got a benchmark profile about it. <sighs> Definitely when I looked at that run on the minus 0.8, that was on a Oh, you know, I know they scored it heavy, but the track, the way I worked it out was, I thought the track was more like S6, uh, and but that's probably what I'm expecting tomorrow, Ralphie. So I think this horse is right in this race, guaranteed to get the 2,400 metres, and I have to say 100% the right rider for this horse. <laughs> T-Lane. Yeah. And look, it's an old truism, but it has stood the test of time. That I remember Mark Lamborn on the old punter show, uh, first time I heard anyone say it, was the best uh, lead-in for a 2,400 race is a 2,400 race. So yeah. Miles in the legs. And this is why I sort of felt that these were the two main horses to be Provita and Penny Wacker. They, they, they're the two, and then... So booming last 200, Vince, what you said was uh, her level was minus 0.8. What would she produce? Yep. Well, there it is, minus 0. 0.7. <laughs> so, so she's run to a number. She, she had has. the 2,400 grounding. Yeah, and, and this and this was it. And, and, I, and the performance was 
really, if you bring it into the context and you compare it to like what happened in a number of other races, I guess this was a a display of sustained speed for a wet track. I mean, three lengths below benchmark first section compared to the rest of the day. That's a lot faster, Ralphie. So they're, they're having a crack. And in the mid-race, they're still travelling sort of six to ten lengths below benchmark. And by and large, sustained over the last 400, but that last 200 metres, I felt like Pennywhacker, so dazzling. They really had a crack at, um, you know, trying to put in a big finish. And they... Oh, Pennywack has gone almost benchmark for the last 200 metres, which I thought it was a sound run overall, but it was a race that was probably, bottom line, was all one-paced. So really, minus three that you mentioned for the lead speed per vitro, that that, uh, that would really test a horse's stamina if she's basically a miler. Yeah, not a good move. Yeah. Uh, re- realistically, should have should have been looking to see if they could have uh, gone either a lot slower or horse take a sip, but that's not an easy thing to do, Ralphie. And the reality was had to pay the price in the end. I mean, you see the drop-off was quite significant at the end. It's not a display of the horse not being any good. It's just it was done. It was pretty much finished when it got to the 400-metre mark. We often see milers uh, try the Oaks because it's there and there's a good money, but wouldn't be surprised if this mare, <laughs> the Oaks, the, the milers as far as she ever runs in the future. Oh, that would be very wise of him if they could do that. Uh, the Sydney Cup, gee, a couple didn't turn up here, Vince, but uh, that's what? Dave Ulmar Eustace. They still got the, one of their horses to peak on the big day. Yeah, it was Explosive always a Jack. chance, wasn't it, Ralphie? Yeah. I mean, when I, I sit back and think about it, it was a fan, it was a pretty big price as, as well for Explosive Jack. And there was – the signs were there that this horse could could run big and, and they got the money, Ralphie. And really the, the, the ride, everything was like superb. And like I said, this was one horse that won outside the lanes, Ralphie. So the run was uh, really, really big and – could have, from my point of view, if it had been three, four lanes or maybe even five lanes closer in, that horse would have easily have broken benchmark. So top performance from the winner. Uh, of course, I did have a little bit on that Arapaho, Ralphie, and I was hoping that it would have been able to hold on for third because that was a pretty good price. Didn't quite uh, manage to do that. And then, yes, big disappointments. I wasn't totally surprised about Cleveland on one hand, Ralphie. Yep. But you know what was interesting was Gold Trip still beat it <laughs> with a lot more weight. So I, I, I didn't understand that in the end. Like I go, what's what, what was mathematically wrong? I mean, shouldn't the horse got beaten like five lengths or six lengths? I mean, you know, like Gold Trip should have been another five six lengths behind Cleveland. So it just demonstrated that weight didn't have anything to do do with it, and maybe they were both. Uh, knocked out from the last run. Well, if if I did have something to do with it, why well, was not sort of there in third place? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> this this exactly, Ralphie, and doing all the work up front. So, in in hindsight, a couple of things I want to ask you about in hindsight: Canberra Cup. There's there's the full race of the autumn. <laughs> a rap over explosive Jack BMW yep. winner in the uh, in the yep. Cup winner. <laughs> yep. Yep. Absolutely. And again, like I said, no surprise. I mean, well, the second horse was a bit of a surprise for me. Yeah, well, for a lot of people, 151. <laughs> wow. You know, I, I can genuinely say that I could not have uh, at any point in time yeah. say to myself, could this horse run first three? And you know what? I go back and say, well, hang on. If I felt this race was going to be a minus two race. Yep. 
Then, yeah, the, because, I mean, the there it is, Mooney. <laughs> yeah, there it is, Mooney Valley, minus two, bang. There's another little fundamental too, because I mentioned this in the Oaks uh, with Pennywecker that the old Mark Lamborn uh, saying of the best lead-in for a 2,400 race is a 2,400 race. What about the best lead-in for a 3,200-metre race is a 3,200-metre race? So it came off the Adelaide Cup and a jumps trial at Tarang. Yeah, and then, again, you're so right about that, Ralphie. We only had to go back to 2021. And the horse gets beaten lip 3,200 metres of Caulfield. <laughs> and produces an overall performance again, minus 2.2. And it's just a hurdle rate thing. That's probably why I could never have it in my calculations, but the horse actually ran to a new PB from a distance performance and did a fantastic job. And and, and I guess anyone doing the tick, can you run 32? It had most of them covered, didn't it? Absolutely. Um, so uh, Explosive Jack missed 445 days, so what a fantastic tribute to the stable in being able to do that. But it's stable mate, gold trip. So, again, let's let's talk a bit of hindsight here, but remember we were talking first up, and, and you often say this, that, you know, uh, stables can, can uh, do all the planning they like, but then when the barriers open, what's going to happen? And yep. first up, they said, look, he's, he's soft of a run. He's, he's, um, we, we expect him to improve greatly out of this. Autumn's the, the goal. And he was accordingly, 420 out to $6. The stable mate, uh, Steinem, won the race and was fantastic, but he ran so well. Well, maybe that tells you that because he overachieved as a you know really tough, genuine horse, that it hurt the horse, and he just hasn't been able to recover since. Well, he hasn't, has he? <laughs> he has not been able to recover. He definitely hasn't been able to run to the profile of 2.8. And yeah, it was just like a mile back. I mean, the, the, the reality is the horse gave up inside. The, at the 300-meter mark, the horse gave up. That was yeah. it. It was done. Yep. Like, the, have a look at the last 400, minus 16.6. That's it. The horse was finished. Uh, rider looking after him, which is fair yeah. enough. But uh, that's a stallion, and sometimes when stallions get hurt, they go, yeah, I don't want that for, that pain anymore. Yeah, so it makes it a hard horse, doesn't it, now? Like, yeah. well, do they, have they got a Queensland campaign in mind, Ralphie? I, I wouldn't think so, but I think they'd probably no. have to decide if they want to go to stud or come back and have another crack at the Melbourne Cup and get him happy again. So uh, that, that's, I dare say, he'll be, he'll be right out the back first up next prep and just, just doing the Waller or the Cummings. Well, well yeah, well, we've learnt a few things. Well, I've learnt some things now about this horse in terms of, like, where it really sits from an Australian point of view. It is a sort of mid to a mid two to a high twos horse. In other words, I'm, I'm not sure if we're ever going to see the day where this horse is now going to come turn up and run like plus four or five. I, I don't know if we're ever going to see that. And, you know, maybe the Melbourne Cup of last year, the overall performance was sort of low twos. And we know, Ralphie, from experience that if you're at the top end, you're sort of genuinely around that plus five range. Yep. So, yeah, well, let's see. Hopefully they do race it because it means it always adds value around other horses in the future. Queen of the Turf, the fourth of the group ones, was won by a tissue. This was our thoughts on the Friday. One is a tissue. What a performance first up. Is she best at 2,000 or has she got enough freshness in her legs to be able to uh, do this second up? Well, I'm hoping that the horse is going to be good enough to do it second up, to just take that next step. I just watched its trials. It's sort of gone from minus 8 to minus 0.8 and then went plus 1.5. Beautiful last 400. The only reason why I kept it in, Ralph, is when they don't have to use a lot of fuel early, the speed stays in the legs. And therefore, they sort of 
get that golden roll of the dice where they can have another crack before losing that speed in the legs. So I'm just sitting here saying that this is probably ideal. And Vince, it was super first up and it was real. And we saw how real it was uh, on Saturday. Oh, it was absolutely unbelievable, wasn't it, Ralphie? I mean, the, what a t- I mean, overall, plus one, just outside of the top ten, but it just it just smashed them. Smashed them. <laughs> yeah. It just came out and made every other runner look very, very ordinary, which in some ways, like, I'm not saying surprised me, right, but it was just way too good and thrived on the ground, didn't it? Like, absolutely thrived on that wet ground. Actually, just going to have a look at that WTI. I was, was keen to see exactly where they ended up. There it is, 9.8. Wow. Yeah. And it ran like that, Ralphie. It ran like it loved the mud. Just killed them. And I'm not so, saying it was, you know, like a muddy track. It wasn't. Well, I just wonder if, if you know, the, the, the thinking when it got beaten in the Ballarat Cup, which was on genuinely heavy ground, was, you know, maybe maybe it's best suited or not on wet tracks, but maybe in hindsight it was just flat because it was such a huge performance it backed up from two, uh, two weeks earlier. And I would say that's more like it, Ralphie, that it, it might have been all to do with the flatness because the way this horse springboarded off the, off the run was just way too good. It was simply too good. I mean... We knew that the potential was there for the horse. You know, I always get frustrated because that would have been a great horse to back, Ralphie. And you've seen the explosion from that Rose Hill run, like last 400 metres plus seven that this horse, you know, the Waller team had it like where they should have had it ready to go. And goodness me, you know, I'm just sort of sitting back here saying, where could you be headed this campaign? Like, they would definitely be going to Queensland, wouldn't they? Well, I originally thought that that, that was going to be their goal, the Doombin Cup, uh, <laughs> after its first up run. So it's it might have got a little bonus on the way through here. Yeah, and, and this now sets up the theme. Like, we know the horse has got a profile of, like, it's got a PB of 3.9 to 2,000 metres when it killed them. It also got a rock-solid profile of 3.3 at its very last run, last campaign at a mile. And that was after quite a few runs. This sort of clearly indicates that this horse has not only got versatility, but it's highly capable. This is a Group 1 horse, Ralphie. Right. <laughs> That's yeah. a statement. Yep. And and how often have we said it? With mares, they can improve as older as they get older, their craft. Absolutely. No doubt about it. So speaking of craft, you can do all the work you like, Finn. So after how many years, but when a horse doesn't turn up, it doesn't turn up. So you would have been pretty sad with the alcohol free. Yeah, well, you could see the horse was rolling, you know, all the way through, and I thought, oh, okay, this is, you know, going to probably make an easy job of it. But, Ralphie, when it came to the punch, the horse just started to, to float. Yes. And that's a sign of not handling the wet. I went and had a look at the WTI. There it is, 1.8. And that's what's happened. Now, I don't believe we got to see anywhere near what this horse is capable of. But mind you... Had it brought like its best, I wonder how much more a tissue's performance would have been elevated by. Having a little race. Yeah, because, I mean, this horse is one just exploding away, and that's probably what I expected from alcohol-free to be able to do that. But um, it might have been just like a serious contest between the two of them. 
No doubt. The last race, Zapatea, we always want to see what they can do. If they can back up a big first up run, well, did you ever? Oh, oh sorry, love, big second up run yeah, after the open plate. Yeah. Love this run, Ralphie. Love this run. And, you know, it was good to see a WTI of 5.4 as well. But, oh, wow. I mean, this is another runner that's, uh, it, it's, it's, it's going places, Ralphie. This is a serious horse. There it is, 2.8, third best performance of the day. And pretty much matching what it did at Rose Hill of 2.9. And there's no, yeah, there's no way this horse is at its peak. No way. Stradbrokes generally you need plus four? Yep. Is that in its wheelhouse? Oh, for sure. Absolutely. No doubt about it, Ralphie. I'm very confident that this horse has got that capability. And should there be rain, you know now this horse can handle some give as well in the ground. All right, I'll ask you one more question because we've got a, a, a member's question here from Ray. How does a winner race three round with Chris Dilley rate amongst these season's two-year-olds? So that, uh, it was it was round about benchmark range. Right. Well, probably only a couple of lengths off him, Ralphie. Yeah, exactly. I mean, uh, that was a good performance from this horse. For, from you this know, trainer. What have we yeah. learned about this trainer? Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> yep. I mean, Tiz Invincible is probably a good guide as well. Yep. Like to sort of pin where you are. And when I look at what that horse actually did, this horse is still on the rise. Yeah, right. for sure. Yep. All right. Let's see where, where they go with it. Okay. This Friday, our preview podcast, we'll, we'll be having a look at the all-age stakes, a couple other Randwick features. And what we'll also do, we'll have a deep dive into the quokka at Ascot. Now, if you want Vince's race speed profiles, if you immerse yourself in WA form or if you're going to immerse yourself in WA form for the day, you will need to go via dailysectionals.com.au to get the final edition race speed profile. You're doing them everywhere at the moment, aren't you, Vince? We are, Ralphie. And and the race (laughs) speed profiles on the weekend in WA, uh, if I'm not mistaken, it was – Nine from nine. Yeah, I was having a look, and you most yep. have edge. So that's that's the way you can just sort of uh, knock them off. So if you want the, the details, go to Daily Sectionals. If you're just looking at the race, of course, we will be doing a deep dive, the all-age and the other Randwick features. And we'll, we, we won't announce them yet because we just want to see how the how the card unfolds, what the best races to do to get in, stuck into on the Friday are. So you can get that via racetrackralphie.com.au. Our members, our Group 1 members that keep us afloat, uh, that, we are very, that we are so appreciative of our, their support. What we're going to do, the bonus podcast, I'm going to ask Vince about Af Cabin, who was fantastic, and a couple of the Sandown features too, including White Marlin and Cardinal Gem. Might even ask about Curran too, because that was a good sprint at Geelong on Good Friday. So in, in the meantime, really appreciate listening to your year-round carnival.